Okay, guys, so Zoopla's house price index for September 2021 has now hit the market. Um, it's out yesterday. I was going over some of the details yesterday and just looking over them, but today um, I'm just going to go over things. Um, I'm going to actually look at um, what it is UK-wide and see how it compares to the Fife market and give my comments on the Fife market. So a lot of people want to know about what's happening in the Fife housing market. Um, if you've got any questions, please feel free to ask them. I'm more than happy to do that on the houses, on house prices and stuff like that. But let's just recap. Okay, so there's been a record year for sales and prices, uh, and they reckon there's no cliff edge. Um, the housing market has certainly outperformed um, our forecasts from a year ago. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think that's I think that's a given. Um, it's set to record the strongest year in sales and house prices ever, um, and house price inflation and since two thousand and seven itself, uh, with four hundred and seventy three billion of new sales agreed in twenty twenty one, ninety five billion higher than twenty twenty. That's almost twenty five percent of an increase in that time. I mean, this is a result of the ongoing national re-evaluation of housing, low mortgage rates, and the additional boost from the extended stamp duty holiday. Now, that really was mostly applicable to the English market because our stamp duty holiday ended probably, I think it was March or thereabouts. Um, the strength of the market conditions are not a result um, are not a result of the stamp duty holiday alone. You've got to understand that, and the great forces are shaping the market itself. There's greater forces at, at large here. This is evidenced by the fact that there's been no sign of any cliff edge of demand in homes, which continues to run at 25 to 30% above the five-year average since summer. Demand looks set to end uh, the year more strongly than that last year, and, um, and they expect this to carry on to 2022. Um, so... Um, I'm getting a question here, actually. Any property in Lower Largo, actually? Yeah, well, I think the demand is <laughs> fairly outstripping supply there. Um, so if something does come up, you'll hear about it. What I would say is follow our Facebook pages because you'll see it here first. Um, you'll see it on our Facebook pages first. If it's Lower Largo area, make sure you follow the leading page because that's KY8, which is Lower Largo. Uh, and then that's when we go live on there before we actually go to the portal. So that'll give you some advice there. Um, UK house price growth is currently running at 6.6% with all uh, countries and regions of the UK registering growth rates well ahead of the five-year annual average. Um, I would argue in the Fife area, uh, UK house prices are actually increasing a lot more than 6.6%. Um, we, uh, uh, we had seen an average just coming through the now of around about 16% on average. Um, for what we're getting in comparison to what they're saying. So that suggests to me on a regional basis in Fife, it could be a lot higher. But that could be smoothed out because Kirkcaldy, Dunfermline and other regions as well might have a bit lower. And um, we tend to deal with um, Glenrothes, uh, Leven, East Nook, St Andrews and Cooper. Um, so that's where we're seeing all the growth and all the demand. Uh, this is actually quite interesting because then I'll talk about how that, trans how that is like that um, but it'll come up in a minute. So um, let me show you this graph. Uh, now, this is actually quite interesting here. And, and they talk about this. Um, they talk about the house price growth here. Um, and I'll just quickly jump onto it if I can find this graph in here. Um, this is the graph here. So this 
is the um, annual house price growth um, over the five-year average and um, all areas except London. Now you can see straight away there, Scotland is actually sitting at 5.3% annualised growth rate. And you can see the five-year annual growth rate as well, uh, and I'll pop onto the actual feed, um, is here. Um, the five-year annual average growth is 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 in the midpoint, but but you can see all the other areas are actually quite high as well. So I mean, what does that mean to us? Well, Scotland's five point five three. There's a clear evidence of the slow slow rate in house price inflation in this scenario. Uh, demand for homes has not been uniform for the over the last eighteen months. Uh, the analysis shows that the mix of home buyers and pricing of homes sold has shifted markedly over this time. The mix of buyers is starting to return to normal as the economy reopens and mortgage availability improves. However, there's clear evidence of slower growth in the value of homes and new sales are being agreed. Um, well, that's probably just because we're going into darker nights uh, to a degree. But they might see a, a different trend that we don't see just now because um, they see the whole of the market just now. Uh, this marks a turning point for house price growth with the moderation in the rate of price inflation is, is likely in quarter four and as they move into 2022 itself. Um, so this means that current momentum to outweigh uh, emerging headwinds here. Um, looking ahead in 2022, uh, the outlook for price inflation and overall sales volume is a balance of positive and negative influences. On the positive side, housing remains affordable in many aspects and markets, and competition amongst lenders will remain intense, even the mortgage rates increase itself. Um, continued scarcity of homes for the sale for sale will, re will remain well into 2022. I think that's pretty obvious. I mean, if you look at the Fife market, we're running about 500 houses available for sale right across the whole of Fife just now. Now, most estate agents, right, all, all the stages on average, if you, if you watch my weekly update, we're selling around about 100 to 120 every single week right across Fife, which, which actually goes up to a monthly rate of about 500 anyway. So literally, there's only about a month's stock of housing um, available for sale in Fife between all the estate agents. Now, just look back pre-pandemic levels, that was sitting at 1,200. So that was sitting at about two and a half times what it is just now. Um, but the demand's all still there. And if I would argue the case as well that actually lockdowns exacerbated that by um, by pointing out to people um, the fact that the homes that they've got just now aren't um, aren't of need aren't, 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 don't don't satisfy their needs and their demands because of the change in style of how we work. A typical example is you know I'm working from home. That's it. And I tend to just go out and I very rarely go into an office now because we've got several offices, but I'm not really based in an office anymore. And that's never changed since then. And I think a lot of people are like that as well. I'd be interested to hear if you're actually like that. Um, do you guys still work from home? Um, does anybody work from home still? Um, or are you taking part time from home? Uh, in addition to analysis shows the impact of pandemic on pandemic on home buying decisions has further to run. This is the key here. This is just what I've talked about there now. This will be support, supported by the scale of the financial gains homeowners will have seen in the value of their homes since 2020, which will bring in sellers, uh, which will bring sellers into the market. The main headwinds will come from the increases in the cost of living, uh, higher levels of inflation, and tax increases in 2023. Yeah, Chancellor never said anything about that yesterday, did he? <laughs> the tax increases in 2023. That was all sneaked in way before then. Um, a modest rise in mortgage rates is likely in 2022. I still think that's unlikely. I don't think the Bank of England will do anything to jeopardise the housing market. 
uh, and they talk about modest uh, rates likely rises in in 2022. Um, I'm not really sure of that. I'm not convinced of that. And will and only time will tell. Um, and will impact on house buy, on the house buying power. Absolutely, the main market related challenges stem from unrealistic expectations on pricing on the part of the new sellers and a lack of homes putting off new entrants, both of which are lower risk in 2022. So there's room for further growth here. Now, let me show you this. That, this is actually, this is a really good graph. I like this one. And this is the room definitely for further growth. And this shows me straight away how Scotland is a really emerging market when it comes to house prices. So this is it here. Now, this shows the relationship between the affordability of house prices, which is um, uh, here, the most affordable and the least affordable. So most affordable is here, least affordable is here. And then also the house price index how much the house prices have grown. So if you see London there, house prices haven't grown that much for London because that's because a lot of people are exiting. Um, but I believe a lot of people are exiting London and moving into the outer areas because it's better price points and it's more affordable. Because if you look right at the other end of the scale, the most affordable areas are the northeast of England and actually Scotland. Look at that. So Scotland is about 5.3%, I'd said, in terms of the, the, the relationship for house price index. And then when you think about it in, in relation to the price or the, the affordability, that's your salary, um, then the most affordable, we are down here. So it's round about, um, according to this, right across Scotland, it's about 4.8 times your salary. Whereas in London, it's about 11.5 times your salary for a house. So you'll probably see more and more people coming into Scotland and, and areas into the Scot Scotland area. And predominantly, we've seen that in terms of the Fife. A lot of people now, because of lockdown, they're choosing to actually relocate to the Fife area because it's more affordable homes and they can work anywhere else in the, in the country. I mean, why on earth would you want to stay smart bang in the middle of London if you're going into an office every day and you think to yourself, I could do this at home. Um, so why would you not want to be you know, next to the beach or the seaside or the golf course or anything like that and still be able to do your work in, in a nice harmonious environment instead of the hustle and bustle of the London area and also the costs that go with it, the associated costs and all the high costs of actually having to live in London. Um, so again, it's more affordable. That's why I think we're seeing these meteoric rises and these meteoric offers that we're getting coming forward that some people are actually offering 100,000 more than the actual home report value. Um, we are actually getting that. Um, the highest we've had so far is 130,000 more than the home report value. And that was a house that was on at 300,000. I mean, that's that, you know, that beggar's belief. That's effectively more than a, a, a three bedroom house in Leaven in terms of in terms of next local authority. Because um, we've just sold one recently for 90,000. So it's more affordable. That's really what it comes down to in the Scotland area. And I think everybody's seen seen that. And we'll see, I think we'll see a realignment of prices in the Fife area. And that's probably what we're getting just now. We've been the poor relation for quite a while um, over the years. And it's only now that's actually starting to catch up and, and, and prices are starting to rise at, at, at a more exponential rate than they were previously. So further room for growth in the more affordable markets. They're seeing that here as well. The affordability of housing is important, but no guarantee of activity and rising prices. Um, and in many parts of the UK remains affordable as by historic standards. Uh, the chart shows, which was shown here, uh, the, the regions in the countries with the highest growth rates and the more affordable measured by the house price to earnings ratio, 
which is what we talked about. We believe there's headroom for further above average house price inflations in regions outside southern England. However, uh, while affordability levels have improved by uh, 10% in London since 2016, affordability remains well above the long run average. Uh, this will continue to limit the level of price rises in the highest value areas of London. Yeah, that you can see that anyway. Uh, and Southern England in 2022 and beyond. I still think uh, um, Fife's a really good area to buy um, and, and invest in as well. Okay, so let's talk about um, the pandemic impact on the market and, and, and has it got further to run? Well, um, Zupla actually says it's clear that the impact on the global pandemic on the UK housing market was not going to be short-lived. Uh, they believe that the impact of the pandemic has further to run into 2022, support market, market activity and sales volumes. Um, we could probably see that anyway, and purely for the fact that when you see the amount of activity in the market in Fife, and then the amount of demand in Fife, anything that comes onto the market is quickly snapped up. Therefore, the, there's still a lack of supply, and that will still continue to go on into 2022. If we were to get back to pre-pandemic levels of 1,200 properties on the market um, from the 500, effectively, if you, were, if you were trying to put on the market another 50 properties every single month, you'd be, you'd be looking at roundabout, well, what's that, um, roundabout 5, 10, uh, 10, 4. You'd be talking about 14 months before you even got back to the 1,200 if you were putting an extra 50 on over and above what was actually getting sold. Um, so that's the only way you're going to get back to the 1200 for pre-pandemic. But even, you know yourself, even before the pre-pandemic level, um, when that was on, and um, when there was 1200 properties on the market, the prices were going up in, in house prices as well. So it's it's got a long way to go. Um, just to give you an example here, at the peak of the market, when it was all going wrong in the credit crunch, there was 3,300 properties on the market for sale at one point in time. Pre-pandemic, it was a third of that, and now there's only 500. It's a huge difference, isn't it? Um, so we've got a long way to go before we get back to levels of activity which will stabilise the market. I think the answer is to build more houses, more affordable homes, more council homes, but that's a government decision, and, uh, and while they say they're building another 100,000 houses, that's just a drop in the ocean. We need another 20,000, 25,000 every year. And we've never been doing that for the last 15 years or something like that. We've never been getting near that. We've only been getting about 15,000 a year getting built right throughout Scotland. So they've got a lot to catch up with. And then they've got, you know, the extra they've got to put on. And then they've got people living longer. So if everybody lives a two years longer in Scotland, then you've got to add on another 50,000 to that total. So you can see where this is going. Primary catalyst will be the ongoing re-evaluation from housing needs. It will also be increased housing equity and moves in the parts of the labour force to a more hybrid working. That's exactly what we said here, working from home, the hybrid uh, model. Um, I think more and more people will begin to adopt it because we've proved the model. It works and it works extremely well. And it's a good way for expanding companies and growing companies to actually keep growing, but actually maintain their existing cost structure and overheads which actually is really good for pricing and for margins. So Zoopla Research recently conducted a national, nationally representative survey of UK households, which found that 22% remain eager or very eager to move in the next 18 months. So is anybody here moving in the next 18 months? 
put your hand up. I'm not moving in the next 18 months. I'm quite happy where I am. <laughs> but I'd be interested to hear that. You know, if you're moving in the next 18 months, just say aye in the comments or something like that, or hit a like button. Um, I'd be interested to get a, a wee straw poll if anybody's considering moving in the next 18 months um, as a direct result of the pandemic. That would be interesting. Um, it's important not to overstate the impact of the pandemic, however. The same survey found that 60% stated no change at all in their motivations to move, which is not really surprising. Uh, the survey revealed a clear split in the desire to move between younger households and growing families and older, more established households who are settled in their current home. Uh, in addition to those eager uh, to move, tend to be located in the city. Well, you know, we've kind of just going over that just now, a lot of people in the city are now beginning to think, wait a minute, I could be having village life or country life or whatever it is. I don't need to be sitting in the city. If you've got, if you're paying for a two-bedroom flat in Merchant City in Glasgow, £400,000, what can you buy in Fife for £400,000? A huge house, you know, for the same price, two-bedroom flat, huge house, near golf courses, beaches, Fife Coastal Bath, village life. No need, it's, a, it's, no need, it's an easy trade-off, isn't it? Um, welcome to God's country in Fife. In addition, those eager to move tend to be located in suburban large towns and expect changes in working patterns. Um, right, the primary motivation for those eager to move was the current home not being suited to the requirements, 46%. This is what pandemic's actually shown. Is your home, I'd be interested to hear that, is your home suited to your requirements now because everything's changed? in terms of the way, you, the way you, you would look at your home now because of the pandemic and the lockdown. Uh, that was followed by personal motivations to be near our friends and family, 28%. And finally, expectations of changes in working patterns, 18% as well. Um, that's quite normal. That's flexibility of working. That's the fact that you maybe had to move somewhere else or you're maybe doing night shift instead of day shift and maybe the area is not as great for you know, sleeping during the day and stuff like that. So you've decided to move as a result. Or maybe your work's moving or relocating and you've done that. So that's what that tends to be in changes of working patterns and, and shifts and that. So that's 18%. With full-scale national lockdowns seemingly behind us, the shift to more hybrid working for many office workers uh, is likely to be a key catalyst for housing decisions and choices as we move into 2022. Um, after a record year of sales, um, it, this is aye, a definitely record year of sales. After a record year of sales in 2021, there, uh, Zoopla expect the UK housing transactions to decline by 20% to, oh, well, only 1.2 million. Um, but this is actually quite interesting as well, this uh, this uh, this chart here that goes with it. Um, this actually shows you um, the number of transactions over the years uh, in terms in, in its entirety. So you can see um, there's the 1.2 million that they're predicting it there at the end there. But you can see all the way throughout, the long running average is actually 1.2 million. See that there? And they're predicting next year it'll be the average. So, you know, it's, there's not going to be a dip. It's just going to be the average. So if we're doing the average and everybody's buying average, then the demand's still going to be there. The supply is still going to be the same um, because we're just running at average all the time. It's only if you go below average when supply will probably increase and demand will probably, demand will probably take that up. Um, but if you go above average, that's when supply increases and the, the, when supply decreases and then you've got a lot more demand. So there's a, there's a difference here. So 1.5 million it was done this year. Uh, this is in line with the long run average, but still relatively high compared to the sales volumes over the last decade, which is, um, which is actually here. So over the last decade from 2020 to 2010, 
in there. So you can see the sales um, were sitting at 800,000 and they rocketed up here and then started into here. And then we came into the pandemic and then they dropped and then subsequently went boom. They went right back up um, to 1.5 million and they reckon it'll stabilize at 1.2 million next year. I'm not convinced. I still think a lot of people will want to move next year as more and more people come out of this, um, out, out of the pandemic. Because let's be honest, it's still here. There's still, it's still going on. So we'll see. But I still think that there'll be more transactions in line. But it's purely for the fact that there's been a lot less in the years before. And and the fact is changing, changing flexible, you know, sizes of your family and all these things that have happened in between um, have now come to fruition. And this is kind of what's exacerbating it. I mean, look at the huge amounts in residential transactions before. Um, in the 19, uh, early, late 1990s, uh, or the late nineteen late late 80s, actually. That's the late 80s. And then you've got the, the there's the credit crunch um, where it came here and it just dropped like a stone. So this was up a way up here. So we're almost at the 2007 levels um, at the end of this year. Um, we do not see any important region, um, any important region or country variations with sales uh, uh, tending to lack uh, track in line with the national average. Yeah. Okay. So let's jump on. Uh, higher mortgage rates impact buying power and activity than prices. This is what they've got to say about mortgage rates. This is probably one of the most important things to everybody. Low mortgage rates have become an important feature of the housing market over the last decade and a support for high house prices. Clearly, a lot of people are getting cheaper finance. Um, in terms of what it was in the 1980s, the mortgage took up about 55% of your disposable income. Now it takes up about 30%. So there's a huge difference. There's a lot of disposable income out there and people are actually saying, I tell you what, I could pay maybe 35% of my income to get that house I really want. So that's why house prices are beginning to go higher because there's still a lack of supply, but people have got money to pay more for it because it's lower mortgage rates and lower interest rates. Uh, home buyers have become used to low mortgage rates, which have ranged from between 2 and 3% since 2015, hitting a low of 2.1% in, uh, in 2020 which is now, or last year, sorry. Um, so, and this year, you're getting mortgage rates. I, I heard somebody actually got below 1%. Uh, that's, and it was a fixed rate for five years. Uh, and, but admittedly, it was a 50% loan-to-value mortgage. So there was relatively no risk there for the lender at all, but they're getting financed so cheap, and as a result, they're getting that as well. I mean, I get a 1.69% mortgage. Uh, it's important to note, however, that the regulation of mortgage lending from 2014 onwards, this is actually, um, I'll see the chart at the bottom, uh, 2014 onwards has stopped lower borrowing costs from creating an unsustainable boom in house prices. This is when it comes on to, are we going to have another credit crunch again? This is actually quite important. Uh, the market is better insulated from higher mortgage rates than in the past, but it's actually not immune to this. The consensus among economists is that Interest rates will increase over the coming year as the central banks scale back on support for the economy and look to normalise interest rates and manage inflation. Now, that's interesting because that goes, out, that goes you know, fair enough, they're economists and all the rest of it, but they're never always right because I did predict that we were going to have a boom after the coronavirus, after the pandemic, after lockdown was over, and everybody else said, no, no, house prices are going to crash. Um, so, um, so they weren't right that time. Um, but I still think that mortgage rates won't increase um, in the short term um, and possibly even not next year either. And the reason, well, the base rates might not, because the reason is it will affect businesses and it will affect 
homeowners and it'll affect the housing market and you don't want to affect the housing market, especially if we're on the road to recovery because we don't want that to slow down because that's what keeps everything going. You get a new house, you've got to buy new things. You've got to buy new furniture, you've got to buy new carpets, you've got to buy wallpaper, you've got to get decorating, you've got to get somebody in to do your kitchen, you've got somebody in to do your bathroom, you've got somebody in to do your heating. This sustains a load of jobs in the housing market. And the last thing the government wants to do is actually curtail growth. And because growth means that they get more tax receipts, and more tax receipts means that they're able to pay debts off quicker. So they might forego the inflation and just say, okay, let's just go with it. China has been doing that for years. China has been sustaining a growth rate at least of 8% and above. And they weren't particularly bored about inflation at all because they were they were investing heavily all their tax receipts in all the other countries worldwide. You can see that, how Chinese companies have tried to buy American companies, have tried to buy British companies, have tried to buy European companies um, as a result and invest in there because of the amount of receipts that they're getting in because of the massive growth that they're having. But they've actually had to keep doing that because... They have to sustain that growth. So there will be a leveling off at some point in time. And it's actually it's actually working out when that leveling off will be and how we will do that. It's almost like um, um it's almost like a ship has left the harbour. And you know how a ship starts off. It starts off extremely slow and then it goes and then it builds momentum over time and then it keeps going. Well, that's what an economy is like, really. So it keeps going and going and it runs perfectly after a while. But then when you try to slow down. It takes ages to slow down before it goes into the harbour. And that's effectively like what they're going to have to do with the economy. And they, they can't let it just drop in a one or it'll end up crashing, just like a ship, into the harbour. So you have to make sure you've got a proper tapered tapered amount to level it off just in case. So the consensus, as I said, among economists is, is interest rates will rise. Um, I still, I, I, I don't believe it. Um, our projections, their projections assume that mortgage rates will reach 3% by the end of 2022. Um, I'd be interested to hear from you if you <laughs> if mortgage rates actually went up 3% by the end of 2022, how would that affect you? Um, would, would that make you rethink your uh, house buying process or would you actually think, okay, maybe I should downsize or upsize as a result? And that will be the highest level since 2015, but still historically low um, by standards. Um, there are two aspects to consider with higher mortgage rates. First, how they impact a new buyer demand. And second, the impact on existing 11 million mortgage homeowners. So it's the two things. Firstly, how it will impact the new buyer demand. And then secondly, how it will impact the 11 million people that have got mortgages just now. So let's look at that. Any increase in borrowing costs will impact the buying power of the new purchasers, but it all depends on how much the rates increase as a result of that. Um, Zupla's analysis suggests that an increase in mortgage rates to 3% will not have a major impact, really, <laughs> on price buyers, uh, on, on the price buyers could pay for homes, um, but any increase in rates could deter some would-be buyers and impact sales. Well, that's a bit of fudge, to be honest. Uh, I think an increase of uh, mortgage rates to 3%, um, and, and I'm thinking they're talking about base rates here, um, or if we're just talking about mortgage rates, then some people are actually getting mortgages at 3% anyway. If they're talking about base rates, that could be a problem. Um, but I don't think they are. I think they're just talking about mortgage rates. Um, but most people out there probably have 3% mortgages anyway. So existing borrowers, uh, existing borrowers have more protection, remember, uh, from higher mortgage rates. Um, over 80% of outstanding mortgages are actually on a fixed rate term. 
many are actually fixed for five years. So if if mortgage rates actually went up as a result, it could be at least five years before the actual before that actually comes through and actually shows. Just like I talked about the analogy about the ship leaving the harbour and gaining momentum and travelling. Um, so you will potentially have to wait about five years, which means that the house prices will continue to go up and up and up and up. And then possibly when it hits year five, when everybody starts to come out of their fixed mortgage rates and actually sees higher rates, that could have a major impact on the market at that time. So maybe we are in a boom if everything stays equal and that just happens as a result. Um, let's see, though, because, you know, by standard practice, you'll probably find that... Um, uh, salaries will go up as well. I mean, salaries went up 8.6% in the last year um, across the across the UK. Um, and so therefore that takes into account, then if that goes up as a natural result, and just say cost didn't go up as a natural result, then that would offset against the mortgages. So mortgages would go up and you wouldn't really bother that much because you've got disposable income. However, you see inflation coming through, you see house prices going up, you see gas prices going up, utility prices going up, and whether that will level off or not is a different, you know, a different kettle of fish. Furthermore, all new borrowers since 2014 have had to prove to the lender. This is actually a real good graph. This actually shows this in real context. Okay, so here, here we are here. Now, this is the mortgage rates have fallen, but regulation has added protections. So this is the actual mortgage rates over the years. So back in 1981, we're at 14%. Yeah, I remember those days. And then it even got to the, you know, the 15% levels in the, the the early, late 80s, early 90s. Um, I remember that time as well. And then it then it started to drop like a stone in terms of the mortgage rates. And then it started to drop and drop and drop until it got to here. So we're down at this, uh, this level today. But what you don't realise is since 2014, most new borrowers have had to actually be assessed on this stress test here. So this is this wee pink line. So maybe mortgage rates are there, but the stress test is actually on the new borrowings. It's actually they assume what would happen um, before they lend to you. What would happen if interest rates went up to 8% or thereabouts? Um, you can see that it's probably been 8 in between. Well, it's actually says 7% here. So if, 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 it, if it went up to 7%, they would lend to you based on the fact that you could afford 7% in terms of interest rates. Um, on your mortgage. Whereas if you're lending just now, that's exactly what it is. So if you lend, um, if you lend at 2% now and you go to lender and they give a 2% mortgage, they will still trust, stress test that at a 7% rate to see if you can afford it before they actually approve you. So if it did change and mortgage rates went up to 7%, they know you would still be able to afford it as a result. So they're being more prudent. So this is unlikely to see a particular uh, situation like the credit crunch because of the stress testing here. Okay, so furthermore, yeah, the new borrowers, uh, furthermore, all new borrowers in, um, from 2014 have had to prove to the lender that can afford the mortgage of a rate of up to 17%, as I said, and we've looked at that chart, which provides additional resilience for all existing borrowers as well. I've just finalised here in the strongest. This has been the strongest price growth in regional markets in 2022. We see that coming, um, according to according to the according to Zoopla's economists. So nationally, they expect house price uh, house prices to increase by 3%. Um, 
uh, down from the annual growth rate of 6% at the end of 2021, and that's what they're predicting, that where momentum in prices over 2020 and 2021 has created a, a by, the, by the initial impact of the pandemic and that official stamp duty holiday deadlines over 2021, factors that will not repeat themselves in 2022. But then again, I go back to this, this graph. Not, I don't think that's going to happen in Scotland because it's here. Look, you've got the affordability here. Scotland is still in terms of house price growth here, but it's still the most affordable area to buy. It is less than five times someone's salary. So that's maybe true for Middle England and London, but I don't think it's true for Scotland and the Northeast as well. So I don't think that I don't think that applies to Scotland, and it's, it's particularly Fife um, as well. So I, I, I can't see that happening. Um, in, in terms of what they say, in terms of the UK market, I think we're going to be quite unique and we're going to be the other end of the spectrum. So together with their expectation of their modest increases in mortgage rates, they believe that the net result will be a moderation in, in the rate of growth to more sustainable levels. Well, we'll see. And, and now I've actually said it here, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see you go back and actually say, was that the case or was that not? Um, so let's just jump on the final graph here. So this is the house price growth to slow over 2022, according to Zoopla. And this is their projected, so this is their projected annual price growth in December to December 22, which is the purple. So they reckon in Scotland it's only going to grow 2.5%. That's why they said the national average is going to be, you know, the the 3%, but it's 2.5% they've said in, in, in Scotland. And you've got 4% in the Northwest. Uh, interestingly enough, London is going to be the least growth. London is actually going to be the one that actually grows a lot a lot less quicker than even the average itself. Um, so nationally, they expect house prices to increase by 3% down from the annual growth rate of the 6%, and upward momentum in that and the factors, together with the expectation of modest price growth and all the rest at more sustainable levels. Any national average will always have a variation in the sector at geographical level, which is what we're discussing here in Scotland. Um, today, house prices are rising by over 10% per annum in the, in the northern towns such as Blackburn and Rochdale, um, while house price growth remains marginally, marginally negative in most places like London boroughs. But I again say house price growth in, in places like East Nuke and St Andrews and Cooper and potentially Leaven. And then, you know, um, Glenrothes is actually quite quite a um, meteoric rise as well. And then towards the, the west of Fife, I don't think house price growth is going to be as much because there's more and more supply in that area as we see in the weekly updates. So I, I do think we're still going to sustain that in the, in the Fife area. Uh, the growth rate between flats and houses has widened over 2021. I expect that to catch up. I expect flats to start outperforming houses. So if you are an investor, flats is probably the thing to invest in just now. Not in the short term, long term they'll grow a bit more, but you might actually see a, a quick jump over the next two or three years in flats because house prices, and I'll just jump off on that, house prices are now growing to a level where most first-time buyers can't afford houses anymore. Typical example is in Leaven, a two-bedroom house in, um, in the Broom and Linwood Drive is now 115,000, whereas a couple of years ago it was 90. But 115,000 is a benchmark where you can only get four and a half times your borrowing. So if you're on 20,000 a year, and potentially first-time buyers sometimes are on that, you can only get up to 90,000 in borrowing. So therefore, you have to find the extra up to the maybe 120,000. So you've got to find 30,000 pounds as a first-time buyer. And most first-time buyers, probably that's not achievable. So therefore, first-time buyers are now more or less opting to go for apartments and flats. 
um, as the as the as the first choice because they're more affordable for them. And like we know, as we said in forty six percent previously in this report, forty six percent of people actually are moving for circumstances. They're not moving for the sake of moving; they're moving because they need to. Um, so it's the house. The house gets bigger, you know. The, so therefore, you have to move out. Um, maybe the parents are actually beginning to downsize, so therefore you have to move out. So first-time buyers are beginning to um, look towards actually getting their own home. Um, investors are actually still in the market. They tend to be going for flats now because houses have now gone out of their range to make their numbers work. So the growth rate between flats and houses widened over the 2021. I do think it'll catch up. And they think we expect the rate of price inflation for flats to remain weaker over 2022. But that's elsewhere. I don't think that's going to be in Fife. As buyers continue to prioritise space. Well, if you've seen some of the flats <laughs> in terms of space, they're massive. Um, especially a lot of the ex-local authorities. Good-sized double bedrooms, massive gardens at the back for themselves. And sometimes a lot of them have got off-street parking as well. Um, so they're actually really good and affordable in this in the area. Um, at the region and country and country level, we ex they expect house price growth to, con to continue to increase and above our average rate at uh, regional housing markets over 2022, albeit at a slower pace than currently expected. The fastest growing markets we expect, or the Zoopla expect, uh, to be the Northwest, 4%, Wales, 4%, and below average growth of 2% in London, where affordability factors and limit growth Will, will near its term as well. I mean, people just can't afford to buy in London. That's the reality. Spoke to someone the day about that, actually. And they said that, no, we can't afford to buy in London. So they're actually moving to this area. So overall, Zoopla actually say they remain cautious on the prospects for London in the very short term, where demand for homes and house price growth are lagging in the national trends. There's a clear evidence of the tightened supply, which will support the recovery once they see a stronger rebound in demand. The near in the near term, London looks set to 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 record below level averages of house price growth itself, um, and 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 effectively, um, that's it. So you know, um, in terms of house price growth in Fife, I I definitely think house price growth will continue to go in Fife. I it's 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 driven really by a factor of affordability levels. Um, we're we're at five point five times um, our salary, whereas UK average is you know, down south and that is 11 times. That means there'll be more mortgage products out there or more more, aye, more mortgage products able to get these people to buy them, you know, 11 times their salary. And um, so bear, therefore, these mortgage products could possibly be available for, for people in Scotland as well. As a result, you do, you do realise that sometimes, you know, sometimes some mortgage products are only available for England. Um, because it's a different housing market in terms of how the affordability levels. Um, also, the drive uh, lockdown has still exacerbated that, and a lot of people are, are looking towards the more affordable areas to move there, and also the lifestyle choices drive that as well. And the fact that they're buying power where they are just now, possibly on the west coast of Scotland, possibly England, possibly over the over in Edinburgh, and that makes it more cost effective. Uh, they will get more more bang for their buck if that makes sense in this market in Fife than they will elsewhere as well, um, which means that's what will continue to drive prices of, in Fife up and also demand up as well. So we have, we'll have a, for the, for the short and possibly to the medium term, we'll possibly have an influx of people um, from outside the area coming in um, to, to, to basically to, to work from home, uh, to possibly commute into the office now and again, maybe twice a week or once a week, um, spend most of their time broadband, Broadband is the thing. 
if you've got broadband and you're selling your house, you make sure you've got a good, strong broadband connection. That is a big, big thing. We've talked about in the successive shows before about broadband being really important for a lot of people now because the pandemic has actually taught everybody that they can just work from home, like I've got here. So I use super vast broadband, 200 megabyte, um, to make sure I can stream um, on multiple channels at one point in time, and it comes across as a high-definition stream itself. Um, and that's it, guys. If you've got any further questions, please feel free to ask me them. You can ask me them individually. You can just message me on any of these posts, and I'll pick them up. Um, and until next time, guys, um, I'm Jim Parker for Five Properties TV.